0: This is live from the table, the official podcast of New York's world famous comedy cellar, coming at you on Sirius XM ninety nine, raw Dog, Rawr. and on the Laugh Button Podcast Network. Dan Natterman here with Noam Dwarman, owner of the world famous comedy cellar. We have Perial Ashenbrand with us, our producer, and with us today, Marcus Monroe. Who is Marcus Monroe? You, you might got be- it right. Well, who is Marcus Monroe? You might wondering, he is a comedy seller comedian. We often have them here on our podcast. He has performed at colleges, clubs and corporate events throughout the country and has had numerous TV appearances, including uh, David Letterman, Late Show with David Letterman, MTV's TRL, ABC Family Switched and was a host of Discovery Kids Mad Science. Marcus Monroe, welcome.
1: Hey, thank you. This is exciting. Happy to be here. Long time, long time listener. (laughs) Have you been?
0: Yeah. Marcus, um, Noam, this might be of interest to you. Marcus is an, a, a mere 36, should you say, 37 years yep. old? Yeah,
1: yesterday was my half birthday. 36 oh, and a half a in a day. Half
0: birthday, but that's that's not what's interesting. What's interesting is, is he's married to a 51-year-old woman.
1: What?
2: Whoa.
1: <laughs> which is just plain odd. Well, we've been together for so long that it doesn't seem that odd to meet to us anymore. It's just normal. Because when I met her, I was in my 20s and she was in her 30s. So it wasn't so weird. But then as we got older, people were like, wait a second. That's a big age gap.
0: Well, it was a big age gap then. But there's something about the f- being in your 50s that's as someone who's in his 50s, you know, that it's a that's a
1: it's a number that packs a bit of a wallop. And it's, it's kind of shocking. Sure. Um, yeah. Everyone when I tell when people ask, oh, well, how old's your wife? And I say, well, she's, you know, in her fifth, she's 51. People look at me like, (laughs) no, what? How old is she? I'm like, I I just told you they think I'm joking.
0: Well, yes. I mean, that makes sense that they would think you're joking. Sure. sure. Because it's quite unusual,
2: which is ridiculous, because if it were the other way around, nobody would even bat an eye.
0: Right. A lot of guys. Well, if the other way around, people would bat an eye, but it, it wouldn't be quite as as odd or quite as.
1: But I don't. Around, I think they'd be getting like high fives, but I should be getting high. I think older women are hot, but I was never. Why? Why? What? Why why,
3: why do you find hot about them?
1: I just like you know, I like. I was never into like milfs, as we as we say. Like I like, sure, I like them, but it wasn't ever my my thing. Um, Why do I like them? Well, I like uh, the maturity. Um, I like uh, she knows everything. She had a 15 year head start. So she can do so many things I don't know how to do. Taxes, Dewey decimal system.
3: That is hot. That's hot. Yeah, it is hot. <laughs> we don't
1: really use a Dewey decimal anymore, but uh, well, if we did, if we ever reverted back to it, she would know it. Um.
2: So wait a second, though, because there's another level of fascinating here.
1: There is. So I have a stepdaughter, and we are only five years apart. I'm five years older. She's thirty-one. I'm and thirty-six. And she has a baby. So technically you're a (laughs) step-grandfather well yeah i'm a grandpa for the kid doesn't know any other grandpa but me so you know well what about the kid's real grandpa i mean we don't talk about him okay okay
3: um but i mean yeah so we don't want to talk about of course we want to talk about him when you say something like that what's the matter with the kid's real grandpa
1: oh no i mean no so like it's my wife's ex so we just you know we always just shit on the guy it's kind of just tradition
3: but, um, um and, and, um, what about you having your own children?
1: Um, we tried, we tried, we tried to do IVF. It was a no go. Um, so I think we're just happy being grandparents at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, we, we are talking about fostering. Of course, if you have to do that, I live in New York city. You have to have, you know, a second bedroom, which we're lucky, lucky enough to have. Um, we were doing that right before the pandemic. And then all these foster agencies had to shut down, um, because they weren't going to give kids out there in the pandemic, um, which although to me, it seems like a great opportunity because these kids need to be safe, need to have loving homes. Um, so my wife grew up with a lot of foster kids in her house when she was a kid. And so I thought it would be good to foster a kid uh, for a couple of years or so. And then if we uh, found a kid that we fostered, that we fell in love with, then maybe look at a, uh, an adoption situation. Well, what
0: would they allow somebody uh, to adopt at 51 years old? I mean, you're 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 in the running, but uh, her, sure. her, I I don't know what the rules are for adoption.
1: Yeah, well, you can look. I mean, yeah, I think if you, I I I, I understand what you're saying. I, I mean, think she's
0: not a hundred
2: and fifty-one. Well, if she's
0: going to be by the time they're talking about adopting a kid, falling in love with the kid, and well, by that time she's so fifty-five years old, I, and I'm I'm the judge or whatever it is, and I'm saying, well, I got this couple and another couple that want to adopt, and I, you know, they have to. Sure.
1: Um. Yeah. I I think you know a lot of single. People are able to adopt kids, um, so I think if you're married, it doesn't hurt. Especially, we've been married for uh, eight years, so I think that that definitely also, helps. Also,
3: Marcus, uh, Dan, I mean, Dan is right that the judge might look askance on the fact that she's 51 years old, but that's of course mitigated by the fact that you're a comedian. <laughs> exactly, 100,
1: 100. So, uh, and, and also when we when we foster a kid, we're not talking about a baby. We'd foster someone a little bit older, um, so it would be like normal for them to have a parent. A little bit older
0: well i tell you what fostering an older kid that is really i mean one has to
3: That's a bad idea marcus trust me it's a bad idea oh my god you think it's a bad idea (laughs) fostering children is a it's like it's like far as gump you never know what you're gonna get you know and 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 more often than not these kids i mean i feel bad saying this because they need their unfortunate children or and and our heart goes out to them but it's a tremendous commitment, and it could be, it could be an overwhelming commitment. Um, well, fostering is not adopting. Fostering, you can give it back if you
2: Oh my God, you guys are insane. I, no,
1: but you don't, but
3: you don't do it unless you're ready to really devote the time. And-
2: no, no,
1: yeah, I mean, Noam's right. It is a huge commitment, and this is something that you have to. It's a process to even get the kid. Like you have to go through classes and courses, and you have to be background checks. So you have to be vetted. Um, so if we were to get, you know, and, and we did a few of those steps, but then COVID happened. Um, so we're talking now, um, even today, my wife was like, we gotta, we gotta have this serious talk about if we want to, if we want to do this. And I, I'm all for it at right now. I I think it would be a fun opportunity. And, um, a lot of the fostering though, is, is like, Hey, we need you for a month. You know, we need you to watch, you know, to, to watch this kid, to, uh, to be with this kid for a month. And then, um. We could do short term fostering to see if it's a fit for us and see if we want to continue with that.
3: I mean, your wife obviously kind of took you in as a foster child, so she's probably. Uh... I know
1: she she'd have two foster kids at at this point. <laughs> Does she have like a good job? Has she got money? We're doing okay. Yeah, we do we do good. Well, I didn't ask if we're doing good. I asked if she's doing. Good. <laughs> well, so uh, yeah, yeah, she's 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 in healthcare, so she, she, we're good.
3: It's weird to me that my wife is is uh, younger than your wife. It's amazing. All right, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll,
1: listen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my wife. She, I, like, I, I think like, um, she, she doesn't look f- like fifty. I don't even know what fifty looks
3: like, but she doesn't awful, look awful. like it. You know, she's uh,
1: people a lot of times don't even know there's a huge age gap when they when they see us together. So, we're just, no, actually,
3: I, I want to. I mean, I, some of the things I said kind of fell flat. I, I don't mean to say anything disparaging about it. I, I do, I do find it fascinating, like man to man, when a man is attracted to. <clears throat> Older woman, but 50s 50, 50 are is still, um, you know, where depending on how a fifty year old woman looks, can look can still look thirty. I mean, can still can still look hot in the old fashioned sexist sense of the word, right?
2: Right. As sure. Long, as long as, but you're um,
3: here. but as they get older, when a, when a woman really begins to look elderly, as it were, um, I'm not attracted to that. I, I I have to be honest. It's hard for me. I I, I I'm not proud of that. I feel like it's out, it's beyond my control, but I... What do you I, mean
2: elderly? Like when she has like a diaper and like a bedpan? I think, I think,
3: I'm just gonna get myself in trouble. When a woman looks... You're, you're
2: already like, in trouble, so you might... When when a woman
3: looks like you would sooner ask her, do you have any grandchildren or do you have any children? Um, uh, at, at that point, it, I she's unlikely to be sexually attractive to me. I mean, as genetic, we had that, um, I forget his name, the... That guest on who would explain it, it would say that men, no, not Plumman. The the, the evolution now it's Plumman, not Plumman, the, the the guy who did the um the sexual evolution.
2: Oh. Um,
3: well, whatever his name is, but anyway, he he um he would say that it, do- it doesn't make sense for a man to be attracted to a, a post fertile woman, it doesn't make evolutionary sense.
2: Now, let me ask you this though what? if you're so old that you can no longer have an erection do you think that without, you know, the aid of medication, does that impact that decision at all? Like if you're also that old.
3: I've thought about that. Like if if I, if I needed medication to have an erection, that's a big if, if I needed medication (laughs) to have an erection, I would worry that if my wife knew about it, that perhaps she would find me less attractive, even though she wouldn't want to. I just perhaps like... So wait, Noam, your
0: sound is not great. Noam's coming at us. Uh, Noam's uh zooming in today against my. Uh, my sound is her. not good. It's not quite as. Do you find
2: it a little bit? Distant? It's not quite as crisp.
3: It's a little distant, but in any case, all right. All right. Anyway, I, I think that um
2: Maybe because you're getting older,
3: I would think that involu- in an involuntary sense she might find me less attractive. Uh, for that reason, I don't. So what know. are you getting at, you Are
0: you saying that uh, Mark? Marcus- I would keep it. I would keep it a secret. Are you saying that Marcus
3: <laughs> is heading into troubled waters? No. As the Ma- years Mark- go on? No, more power to him. I, I, I'm, I'm admitting my own shortcomings. I'm well, not- but
0: it, You're admitting it, but it's not, it's not unusual that, that uh, youth is associated with beauty and attractiveness. You're not saying something that's, uh, that's unique to you. There are things that
3: are unique to you. That ain't one oh. of them. So so, was really interesting. Harry Enton did this podcast. Marcus, you should probably listen to it. And he did. His, he, Harry, Harry Enton has a great new podcast called Margins of Error, where he uses statistics to uh, as an entree into kind of like quirky, interesting issues. And one of the things he examined was this um, divide by two, add seven rule about how much older the man is supposed to be than the woman. But what he, what he found, now we kind of see it as the lower limit, like if you're 40, uh, you shouldn't date a woman younger than 27. But actually, actually years ago, that, it was the opposite. That, that rule was considered the perfect age, that ideally a 40-year-old man would date a, a 27-year-old woman, that he wouldn't go older than that. that. So for a very, very long time, it was expected that a man would be not just older, but significantly older, than the woman. And that was considered to be the perfect. Well, I
0: know is in in the movie Gone with the Wind, Rhett Butler was in his 40s. The character was, I think. And Scarlett was supposed to be 16 at the beginning of the movie when she first laid eyes on the dark haired stranger from Charleston. So maybe and, they need uh, a double
3: warning not they they have the, they have a warning on that movie now about the racial aspects, maybe they need a double warning on that movie for the uh, yeah
2: I mean it really but but I
0: don't out. know, but that I don't think that was considered scandalous at the time. I don't know there's also a lot of cases of just uh, old guys you know i you hear these cases of like this this old civil war veteran that married a sixteen year old and like she's still collecting a civil war pension and as of two thousand ten <laughs> but but um <sighs> You know, Listen, my them.
3: my my mother was 19 when I was born. So, um, you know, I, 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 I and how I'm old freaked. was your father? He was um, he was uh, uh, he was 29, I guess. All right. Well, no, no, He's, uh, he was 30, no, he was 30, 31. He was 31. My, my
0: mother's parents were about 11 years apart. Uh, and I thought when I was little, I thought that was unbelievable because when you're a little kid, 11 years is a long time. I mean, my parents are four years apart, and I thought it was a big deal when I was little. Because as a little kid, one year is a big, you know. Mm-hmm. You didn't even you didn't even hang out with kids that were a year older than you were. Right. Two years older, it was like a whole other category. Right. But as you get older, it doesn't it
3: doesn't matter. It's all we're all we're all dying anyway. So
0: I guess it doesn't matter.
3: But so yeah. my so my father. This is I never, my father was thirty one when I was born. My mother turned nineteen in March. I was born in July, so prior to that, he, he was thirty one and she was eighteen. And then the year before that, he was. 30 and she was 17, and I so so you know it, it's getting a little gets a little risky there, but and that wasn't that wasn't
2: 16. Were they together then?
3: But that wasn't scandalous either. And it wasn't it was just like a, a couple years ago that Jerry Seinfeld was dating a 17 year old, wasn't he? Oh, yeah,
2: I don't think he likes to talk
1: about that too much.
3: Uh, but I love the way Perry was like, Oh god, I'm shaking your head, like, Oh no, it's like we've no, heard I'm about shaking
2: this- my head because when it's the opposite, nobody. Really nobody bats an eye. Like if, if Yeah, because it's
0: very unusual what Marcus is doing. Of but- course people are gonna bat an eye when somebody's done doing something that nobody does. I don't know if nobody people, does
1: that. I don't know if nobody does it. No, very few people. Very, it's
0: exceedingly rare.
1: It's true. It is a rare thing, and I get it, but I'm so happy with like and with my marriage, with my love life, like with my You know, it just life.
0: dawned on me. You sound like Pete Lee, and he's from Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, we're yeah, and I love Pete Lee.
0: Just a couple of
1: hicks. Hey. <laughs> Um, no, I love her. It wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't want her to be any younger. Um, definitely not any older. But I think we're in a good we're in a good place, and uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like I've dated girls my own age, for had serious relationships with girls my own age, a little younger, a little older, and I met my wife. And I was well, like-
0: speaking of of older women, younger men, this is a good lead in to a story this week that I doubt Noam has any interest in, but I like it. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson rumored to be dating. They were seen holding hands at Knott's Berry Farm, wherever that is. I think it's in California. And um, apparently, according to TMZ, they shared a private dinner at a pizza restaurant in Staten Island this week. Tongues are wagging. (laughs) Uh, Kim is mum uh, as to whether they're more than friends. But of course, uh speculation is rampant and of course kim kardashian is i guess 40 or 42 ish and pete's like 28 ish so hey the, so the difference is right ruff- well the difference is roughly that uh 14 which years, is yeah. between you and your wife uh i know noam doesn't like this kind of hollywood gossip stuff but
3: uh, well this is interesting to me because we know pete davidson and who knew when we first met him that he'd be dating kim kardashian that's crazy well i
0: mean this follows a laundry list of of other big names like uh, Ariana Grande, Ariana. But, but this, yeah.
3: is, but this yeah. is this is the biggest one this of isn't all. The...
0: Well, I think Ariana Grande was bigger,
3: bigger than Kim Kardashian. She's like she's like the the white whale, like 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 that's that's the ultimate. What's what's the uh, Moby Dick uh, thing there? Like the ultimate whale. I forget what it's called, but that's her. She that's well, this, that's this, the biggest Pete's first
1: girlfriend that was significantly no no
0: no Kate day. That's right. Well, yeah, when I I first met Pete, I guess it was at the stand however many years ago. It wasn't even that many years ago. And the last thing I thought was that this guy is is just an absolute slayer when it comes to women. Now, obviously, the fame helps him being on SNL helps. But there's a lot of people on SNL and they don't slay the kind of. Well, Colin,
3: Joe's got Scarlett Johansson. That's true.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, he's another one. But but Pete really is in another league in terms of the the number of women and their
3: level of fame. Okay, and but yes, Scarlett Johansson—that's a pretty, that's a pretty amazing. That's two. That's, that's big I mean, that's one. a. That's a pretty big coincidence. Those two guys. That's women like funny. They do. Well, they yes, I suppose they
0: do, but they like, but you know, they they like fame <laughs> oh, no. as well.
1: Maybe women like sketch comedy, and no one knew that. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> women like sketch
3: comedy.
0: But there's a lot of, you know, I mean. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't watch SNL anymore, but there's a big cast and we're, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know who these other people are dating or could be dating. But Pete seems to be a standout even more so than Colin in terms of his uh, his his um you attractiveness think, to women.
1: You think Michael Che would be dating someone famous, too, don't you think?
0: I think he could. I I mean, it's not it's also not important to everybody to date famous. people. some people just want to date a regular human being.
1: That's true. But I could see Chase kind of like a human troll in a way, like on on Instagram, on Twitter. He's maybe he's not on Twitter, but on Instagram, you know, he kind of likes to play with cancel culture, kind of put his foot in, take it out. So I I could see him with dating a celebrity kind of enjoying that life.
0: I got to be honest with you, the first time I saw Pete Davidson, I kind of thought he was ugly and uh, I well, that's what I thought.
1: He's an interesting-looking guy, you know,
0: and and but women love him. I mean,
3: I don't think he's bad-looking. He's not ugly. He's not ugly. He's just he just doesn't look like anybody else.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: And that's the key, I think. I think that he's he's tall, skinny, and weird-looking, and I'm he has like a tattoos. A What's that? Hung like a horse. Well, he may I'm well cool be. Way. He looks like he could be.
1: Wait, is that the <laughs> people know that? Is that a general knowledge? Uh, yeah, key? I think so. Oh
0: shit! I I don't know if that I I never heard that, but but um. I Ken mean, with Kim Kardashian, friends, uh, come on. What 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 is your take on Pete uh, Davidson's sexual attractiveness, Perry Al Ashenbrand?
2: I'm I. This doesn't
0: know. Oh, go ahead. I, Trey. I still
2: love that Noam doesn't know Kim Cardet how to say Kim Kardashian's name properly. Be that as it may, that's what, how little interest? How is. did I say it
0: wrong? You said Kardashian. Oh
3: Kardashian, sorry. Yeah. Peace be upon him.
0: But but. <laughs> What what uh, what is your take on Pete's sexual? Uh, I mean,
2: I can objectively recognize that, you know, he's got that like bad boy. Um, I like the tattoos. You know, I think if you're attracted to that and, uh, you know, he's really funny. I agree with Noam. I think that funny is a big thing for me personally, but in general. But he's got that like bad boy, um, you know, fuck you. Well, we
0: never saw Jack man. Black dating like at that level. And he's funny.
2: Well, I don't know if that's true or not.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, I can't comment on Jack. I don't, is he, he's married with kids now. I
0: don't know what he's doing, but like. What, wait, what, maybe why, why, why Jack Black? Why? Because I just saw him in The Holiday on Netflix. Oh gosh. Good which job. is from 2005 and I said, good Lord, this guy's been famous for a long time. Anyway, in the movie, he hooks up with Kate Winslet at the end.
1: Not the most conducive venue ceiling hype for a juggling show. <laughs> <laughs> it. Throw it back. Great. Thank you. Anyway, uh, this shows you how desperate I am for work as a juggler. I'm like, yeah, you can hit the lights with your props. That oh, sounds good. I do a lot of stuff down here. Uh, this, like, to be honest with you, there's not a lot of jugglers turning down work. And it's not just me. It's like, and I'm not even talking about performing. It's like, you you know a juggler, you need help moving a couch. Like, they, they will do it. Um, there's not... What's
3: that? Can you juggle
2: through
0: your couches? No, we can't juggle couches! <laughs> 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 I like can barely
1: juggle stuff meant for
3: juggling.
2: <laughs> Our guest is here. Our other guest is here.
3: Um, let him in, let him in. And Dan has an intro, right? I got the intro. Bo, has
0: he been on the show before, Bo Weingard? No, hi. Bo Weingard has a PhD. Hi. I don't know what that means that's latin i guess <laughs> you know all this all these years
4: i Very pretentious. i never bothered to google what phd was
2: philosophy of doctorate is something is
4: doctor that- of philosophy technically but, but it's but actually i'm sure in
0: latin it means like you know philosophy as doctorum or something of that nature in any case he's got one of those <laughs> yes in social psychology from fsu that is Florida state university he is an essayist who is interested in evolutionary psychology. Well, who isn't philosophy and literature? Please welcome to our podcast, Bo Weingart. Bo, by the way, I'm Dan Natterman. I just do some brief intros at Noam Dorman. He owns the Comedy Cellar. Perry Ashenbrand is with us. She's our producer, but she chimes into and Marcus Monroe. He's 37. He's married to a 51 year old woman. Evolutionary psychology. Everything you've said has been proven wrong by Marcus
1: Monroe. (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah well yeah well, actually well that's we might as well start with what do you think about how likely is it that a that a 37 year old man be,
1: 36 you 36 sorry
3: take it easy uh would be attracted to a woman in her 50s
4: i would predict that that would not be the common pattern in a society but there's no reason to think that there wouldn't be anomalies
3: there because, you go but rest assured anomaly, anomaly. <laughs> Take but this also, outside, we, sir. We he called
4: you an anomaly, Marcus. I, I think that's
1: a compliment. Well, he, Is that a compliment? complimentary Yes. I have to look that up when I get out of here. It's, it's, <laughs> a, but, it's um, a
3: euphemism for outlier.
1: <laughs> hey, well, we met. You know, she was in her thirties. I was in my twenties. It wasn't like I fell in love with the. I just met her the other day. You know, we've been together for twelve years.
0: But from an evolutionary psychology point of view, obviously, we're programmed to uh, to be attracted to women with whom we can procreate. Is that not the case? Uh,
4: on, on average, yes. So if you, if you look at the w- what men find the most attractive, you generally find women between, say, 18 and 24. But we also have this... Window. Well, and then it, it gradually sort of declines. And I think you can see this if you took any... In my class, I used to take um, Sigourney Weaver if you are familiar yeah. with her, the actress. Yeah. And I would take her and I would, I found like photographs of her at 20, 30, 40, 50. And you kind of see a, a linear decline in attractiveness. Now, we also have a, a pattern of pair bonding. So we fall in love with each other and we care about and invest in each other for reasons other than just sex. What?
3: What? <laughs> <laughs> so, so mr weingart you're i i i, I, I you call him I've been, bo by the way i've been off bo i've been off twitter yeah, uh, the last couple of months pretty much but but during um during covid when i was homeschooling my kids and i had nothing to do yeah but uh sit in front of here I, I used to read you on twitter a lot and i found you endlessly fascinating uh commenting about the various things that were going on in news and um cancel culture and uh uh, uh, people who got in trouble for talking about uh, g- genetic differences between people and sex and trans. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering where, where to start, but maybe I'll just ask you, what's, what's your big issue right now? What are you thinking about the most in, um, a- along these lines?
4: Oh, yeah, it's a good question. I, I'm actually sort of stepping back from my interest in politics per se yeah, because it's just just a, it's such a mad world. <laughs> it's, it it's very polarized, it's very frustrating, it's um, disconcerting to me and I, I'm more I'm more interested in philosophy, human nature, um, psychology, etc. So I'm that's kind of what I'm working on. I'm more interested in um, you know writing essays, but I have been reading some stuff about um, for example I'm reading um, Helen Joyce's book trans. Which is an excellent book about trans ideology. Um, so, keeping in the controversial territory, but I did a lot of stuff on um, human variation, and then you know, i kind of backing away from that. It's it's painful. It's like banging your head against a wall at some point. you know,
3: and, and it can only get you in trouble, right? Did, yes, you
4: know, yeah.
3: What? What's yeah, your? It, what? Go ahead. Sorry.
4: Oh, I I mean, it's not it's not even so much the the sort of getting reprimanded or I got fired in my case, but also it's just really frustrating because there's a lot of dishonesty. And, And I don't say that lightly, like there are honest people, of course, who disagree with me and disagree with me vehemently. And that's great. And let's have a debate. But there is just a lot of flat out dishonesty. Like I talk to people privately who say something and they say something different publicly and that's incredibly frustrating
3: it happens all the time we have we've had that experience on this podcast time and time again where mm-hmm. after the show is over they'll say the mic's off right well, yeah <laughs> right. And then they'll then they'll let out what they really <laughs> right. you know the on un, the unspun version um, well, you, of what they really believe this is right this you should hear what I say live. about gnome in private <laughs> <laughs> So so, what's your take on and and uh, you, Marcus, jump in here. Uh, what's your take? What's your take on the 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 Chappelle thing, the trans thing? What 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 do you take away from this book on this trans issue?
4: Well, okay, so I I honestly haven't listened to, and this is incredible, but this shows my discipline and that I've I've moved a little bit away from some culture war stuff. I have not watched the Chappelle special, the last one. I I watched the one just before that one. Uh, I'm not this is not for political reasons or ideological reasons. I'm just not actually a huge fan of Chappelle. Like I, I, you know, I give him credit. He's seems courageous and, and I I have no problem with what he says, even if I did disagree, who cares? Um, But I just, I'm not, I don't find him that amusing. The trans issue. I haven't completely worked out my views on it. I think it's, I I get alarmed when I see topics where moral accusations fill up the argument more than facts and attempts to understand where people are coming from. So I do think it's a problem to insist that you have to say somebody that is a biological male is a female. So the quote, trans women are women, is either perplexing to me, or I don't think you should have to say that. That said, I, I mean, I'm all about, you know, we should be tolerant to each other and respectful, of course, and I have no problem with that. And I, if somebody wants me to use a particular set of pronouns, I will use those pronouns. Um, but I don't think you should force that on people or coerce people to say things that they don't think are true. And I don't think somebody becomes the other sex simply because they identify as that psychologically and I think one, you know, an interesting comparison, and this is something Dawkins, Richard Dawkins has gotten trouble for, but I, it's it's a useful question is, what is the difference between somebody who says I'm black because I identify as black and somebody who says I am woman, uh, I'm a woman because I identify as a woman. I mean, what is the limiting or, principle? Or someone,
3: or someone who says they're fat because they have anorexia.
4: Yeah, yeah, I mean I don't.
3: Know. <laughs> no, right. I I I mean that's like you know, but you know I, what I think we do a bad job of is separating factual statements from political statements. So right. the, the statement trans women are women and Periel, Pariella uh, that's the woman in the in the um mask there. Okay. She uh <laughs> she uh she always she feels very strong that that um trans women are women and I'm always like, well, okay. That's that's a political statement. That's no, you not. can't prove that. And, and it's
2: not a political statement. Okay, well, hold
3: on. Let me let me say then you, you can you can respond. So, so well. there's a civil rights issue here, mm-hmm. which which it seems to me we're we all um, on the same side of, which is that trans people are fighting for the end of bigotry and acceptance and to be able to live their lives in the same way as any other person without having to compromise their own uh, um, uh, sense of what they are and, and, and have the same fulfillment that anyone else would have. So so when we say trans women are women, I believe what we're doing is supporting that. That, that, is, that is, if we all would just believe that it would make that civil rights movement, it would really grease the, great, grease the rails for that civil rights movement. So we all kind of would like to um, say that and believe that because we uh, have uh, sympathy for that movement, but it's not a factual statement. It's, it's simply not, it can't be proven. And well, it's not scientific and to, and to, and, 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 Bo hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of people say, when you force it, say you have to say this, you're like, listen, I wasn't going to bring this up at all. It wasn't like a big issue that I even care about, but now you're forcing me to say it. And I, in my heart, I don't really think it's true and you can't prove to I'm all ears. If you can prove to me that it's true, then what, I will is, say is, it. Is, but look. But go ahead, Periel. Well, let Periel. Periel wants to say. It. She's okay, mass, so she, I know she means brief business, and but. succinct. Go ahead, Periel.
2: I mean, first of all, the onus is not on any person to prove to you like what what your, you know, idea of gender is. Of course, I mean, they,
3: if they want me to, if they want me to, to repeat it, they have to prove it. Well, to me.
2: I mean, maybe you're wrong and you don't understand what gender is and you have antiquated ideas about what that may be. And you're considering biological sex the same thing as gender, which is a not true and b like, why do you even
3: care like why does it even bother you if i don't i said do, I, I just said I'm like, I'm gonna let in. It, it doesn't bother me at all as a matter of fact well, as I mean, you, as, saying- hold on as you well know behind the back of my trans friends one of whom is very very close i use the correct pronouns i speak about them as a she i do everything to because i, I mean i've said this before I, I think respect is very much something you do outside of somebody's um Earshot, you know, the, the, the ultimate sign of respect is not what you do when they're when you're in front of somebody and you, it's what you how you talk about them and, and essentially treat them when they would never know what's going on. And I and I'm, and I, and right. I'm not
2: talking. But, to but
3: but 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 that's not the way. same thing as saying that I believe. Uh, uh, that trans women are women, I, it, well, you
0: define. Well, define ahead, woman. What's the definition? And I'm of woman? open to
3: it. Just prove it to me.
0: That's but, what's but, the, what, what does
2: that mean, prove it to you. OK, Can well, let me- in,
0: please. Per- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. I mean, I've said this before. It's uh, whether or not trans women are women depends on the definition of women, and that's I, all oh, it depends
3: what, on. Well, oh, what do you say?
0: What is the definition of woman, and who gets to decide what the definition of woman is? Well, in biology.
4: You we can't even be... agree on the
0: definition of unique. You know, some people say unique <laughs> means the only one of its kind, and some people say unique right. just means unusual.
4: In biology, we define it by the gamete. So females produce the larger gamete, and that's how it's defined in biology. But I'm a pluralist. I'm a definitional pluralist. I mean, I I don't think we have singular definitions for things in the world. But the reason that I think this is important is, is not because I want to be rude to somebody and say, you're not X, even though you think you are or whatever it's because important questions or important political and ethical ramifications follow. So for example, with with sports, that yes, we're talking about a small amount of people, but it is true that there are various competitive advantages that biological males have. Now, if you say trans women are women, period, then that means trans women should be allowed to play in women's sports. We can have that debate. That that's a debate that ha- I I think people have to have. But that's a complicated issue, and it really is putting other biological women at a competitive disadvantage. And there, you know, plenty of peer-reviewed literature on this. I should say I'm not an expert on this topic. So I don't I don't want to pretend I'm an expert on this particular topic. But I have some views that I'm forming, and I'm open to debate. I just think it's important to have open and respectful, even if vehement disagreements about these things and not to force people to say things that I think, and they think are not true. Marcus so example, say what? Yeah. Let I, me zoom. Okay. Oh, Marcus, go ahead.
1: I, I mean, I think if a trans person comes out and says, I am a woman, I think, okay, we should respect that. And they are a woman. I, the, the whole sports debate is, is, is a very tricky thing to talk about. Um, because a lot of, I think a lot of people are going to say, well, I'm just going to say I'm trans so I can play women's soccer or something. And I think that's, that's just, that's just filling the, the space with something that's not an issue at all. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I, I need to educate myself more on the topic of like the whole sport thing. I don't really know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the only situation though. Uh, no, I can see
4: th- th- prison, you-
3: Oh, sure.
1: Okay. Prison w- women,
4: women's shelters, for example. Right. So yeah.
3: Well, okay. can I can I add can I add another situation to that? And then and then I actually want to zoom it out for a second. But one thing that gets said, maybe it's by ex- only extreme people, but I- if you believe the line, it's difficult to understand how you would distinguish it. You're supposed to the, the logical conclusion is if, of this is if if you're a straight man, you're supposed to be attracted to a woman regardless of whether or not she has a penis. And that's where to me, the whole thing just falls apart and becomes absurd. Although Periel, with all seriousness said to me, that's no, you're supposed to be, you're transphobic. If you, if you'd mind the penis, you're transphobic. I'm like, well, yeah,
1: if I, if I thought um, a trans woman was attractive and if I didn't know they were a trans woman, found out they had a penis, I would suck that thing until the sun came out. Like I wouldn't care. Like honestly, and I'm a straight <laughs> male, you know. I'm, you know. But
4: would you? Apparently would not.
1: You? Well, no. <laughs> if they you? were, if they were a pretty woman, hey, whatever. I don't care. A dick's a dick. I have one too. It doesn't matter.
3: Well, well, well. Can I just tell you, Marcus? I, I'm exactly. I'm kind of exactly the same as you. But it's if if I go home with a um, woman, mm-hmm. and I find out that she actually identifies as a man, mm-hmm. I don't care either. I'll still, I'll still, yeah. I'll still. There walk. you go. <laughs> like if, you're, if you're having fun, you're having fun. If you're pleased, I don't care if she's having the, the best, I don't care if she's having the best homosexual experience of her life. So go ahead, Bob. Well, but you know, no, Noam
0: use, is using the argument, <laughs> whether trans women are women to me again, and I've said before, all that, all the, the truth or falsity of that statement rests on nothing more than how we define women, woman. Okay. Can I, I mean, words? Dan, words are defined by how they are used by society. Okay. It's can, not up can to I, you or I to
3: define a word. Can I zoom out for a second? Fact because that I you're think, not attracted to them is not how we define the word woman. I, I want to zoom out because actually, I actually, don't think we wanted to get into this particular. Uh, but yeah, we do this every week. So let's talk. <laughs> no, 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 no. But Periel used the word antiquated, and it immediately made me think of something that really bugs me. Part of the problem here is, first of all, the very conversation we're having, which is reasonable, could get people fired if they were having it in a different, which, and that is right. a huge problem because it's causing self-censorship on an enormous scale. I mean, enormous scale, but for instance, in another matter, so Barack Obama was against gay marriage proudly openly for a long time. And then one day he evolved and he's no longer against gay marriage. And then all of a sudden anybody who didn't arrive at that conclusion on the very same schedule as Barack Obama now believed an antiquated notion. So this, this, this idea of antiquated can be very, uh, can be weaponized, you know, like, like you've come to the, the modern view on something and now anybody who've left behind has become antiquated. And I, I think that's unfair. I, I, especially again, if you can't demonstrate something in an Objective way, you know, well, people I can just disagree. Not, we we yeah. don't allow people to disagree anymore.
2: It's not Go about ahead. disagreeing. I think that, you know, questions about quote unquote proving you're a woman or.
3: Th- well, how do you define woman,
0: Periel? And why why do you define it that way?
2: It's not. Are how- you
0: using Webster's dictionary? Are you it's using not, how the word is. not
2: my it's definition. Well, who
0: gets to define what a woman is? I think
2: the, the, the person. The person.
0: No, yeah, I don't get to define myself as a space alien. Words <laughs> have meanings based on how. <laughs> how they are used in society bread. It means bread because the English speakers have decided that bread means bread. English speakers have decided that the star
3: that that allows for life on Earth is called the sun. So we call it the sun. Dan, you're, you're underestimating. Periel actually just had something brilliant because you can win any argument ever if you can simply redefine the words. Like you, can, you can. Yeah, I
4: mean, I think that's a problem, right? And I've <laughs> I've had this argument before, and they've said, well, actually, men can get pregnant if you define it this way. But then I could say, well, you're a wife beater if I define it as somebody who argues with their wife. So like, yeah. I, I do think we should respect language to a degree (laughs) and recognize that we have these definitions that mean something. I, I, I'm sometimes they change language changes, but words don't mean whatever we want them to mean. And if I call you a eugenicist or a racist or something, and then I say, well, by eugenicist, I mean, somebody who sports market capitalism, then that is unfair of me. And I I think also,
3: there's also an interesting thing in a pet peeve of mine is, is when a word changes, and leaves us with no remaining word to describe what it is we used to describe. So like an innocuous example uh, is like Asian. Like it's fine that we call people Asian now, but we don't, what is the word now for what we used to call, forgive me for saying it out loud, Oriental, which was, you know, people essentially descended of China. Asian, it's like, well, Asian is much less precise. So now, so we didn't replace the word. We just, we just kind of Now we describe something bigger and now we are lumping in people from China with people from India and Pakistan and they have nothing in common, but we don't include Israelis who are just as Asian as so. But another example is the word racism, where Mm -hmm. we used to know what it meant. And now all of a sudden, no, you can't be racist if you're, you know, if, if you're this color and your hatred is of that color. And now, so can the racism is
0: is currently defined as having power plus prejudice.
3: I don't know if it was defined that way when we were kids, it's still not defined that way. You can't find that in any dictionary, but people will use that as a way to define away the problem.
2: But dictionary, you're saying also, so you're saying that if the dictionary changes it, then it's okay. I don't think that gender, like, is about nobody's trying to change. We're
3: off gender now, We're we're off gender, we're off gender. We're, we're talking bigger concepts now. The idea of, well, you can, you can go back to gender if you want, but I'm, I'm saying, saying-
2: I don't think people are trying to like switch words up on anybody. It's like if somebody- Exactly what help, they're doing. If somebody well, but if you, what gender they are, then that's uh-huh. what gender they are. You oh, know well, what well, gender okay, they
4: are. Okay, but honest, honest question. What if I say I am a black man? I identify as a black man. I've always felt that I was a black man. Who are you to tell me I'm not a black man? I would imagine you would tell me I'm not a black man (laughs) and then we would get into a complicated conversation about what's the definition of race or something. Presumably you wouldn't allow me to self-identify myself. And if I said to you, you have to call me that you would probably find that offensive, right? Or you would say, I'm not going to, because it's not true. Is that, is that a fair statement?
2: I just think that it's, you know, kind of disingenuous to put that on the table when you're talking about trans people. Um,
3: yeah, well, I I would
2: actually agree. I'm not.
4: I wouldn't use the word disingenuous, but I think I there. Mean, no there offense. Is,
2: I'm not trying to be. Oh rude. no, no,
4: no. I'm. I'm. I have a thick skin. You can yeah. whatever. I like the debate. I, I would say the
3: difference is that trans. I think we all agree. Trans is a real thing.
4: Sure, but it's real in that. Uh, what. There's a lot of debate about the ideology. I I don't really want to get into that, but you agree that it's real insofar as it's somebody who would be biologically defined as a female or a male identifying as the other sex, right? Right, That's what we're talking about. Yeah, but I meant in the sense that,
3: I I don't know if this is a direct answer, but I just want to distinguish what I see is the flaw in the analogy mm-hmm. that trans is let, let's just assume for this, for the sake of argument, it's, it's genetic, but it mm-hmm. may not be, but whatever. Sure. Okay. So, okay. so it's, it's an expression of a real physiological mm-hmm. reality. Within I see what you And, well, and what if, if someone thinks what? that they're black, we, we, they're probably just nuts. You know, it's not, it's, yeah.
4: Oh, okay. But that's what people used to say about trans people is you're just nuts. Yeah, but they, You're they're, not, they're not that. And you're just nuts. And what gay people too, yeah, exactly. So here's a question. What if it became more culture, you know, like more and more people felt as though they were another race, like they identified with that culture and they really wanted to be a part of it? I think that's not that unreasonable. I know people who sort of identify with Japanese culture or something. Right. So but let's they don't think say they're
2: Japanese. Pardon? But they don't think they're Japanese.
4: Yeah, no, I understand that. But let's say that you get a small subset of people who, think that they are or they want to be, right? Okay, well again, I, I, I'm not I mean I understand that's kind of a divisive comparison. I'm just trying to get at these are complicated issues and I would like to be able to debate them. I would like people to argue about them and a lot of the problem, of course I feel like you're arguing me with me great is a lot of people, they're afraid to and talk about this that's excuse me point. i'm sorry Chris. <laughs> privately they tell you something they'll say hey like i think this or that was interesting or whatever and then publicly they say completely the opposite now, thing good old because marcus Monroe
0: is not afraid to publicly say he will suck a dick <laughs>
4: that's i i, I, I was did attracted hear
1: that to the woman who had the
0: dick. <laughs> and you're okay. not the only one by the way there's many i many was going
1: to ask you a
4: question about a very that. common no. fetish so, question: if, yeah. if that's your business, and I, I have no problem with that at all, would you say it would be wrong for someone not to want to do that? Though, let's say somebody said, "You know what? I can't do that. I'm a hetero. I'm a heterosexual male, and I I don't want to do that." Do you think that it, that just would give be? give it
2: a shot. I would say yeah, just give I it mean, a try. No, give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> just try. Uh, would be, listen, I can't say indefinitely if it'll be wrong. I think if
1: no, I I, I mean. No, I, I. If if you're not into something that you don't right. want to do, you don't have to do it. Okay. <laughs> I, I've never done it, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> okay. think I would. I, I don't think it's in my uh, future.
2: But the night is young.
1: Hey,
4: uh, that's but fair. I, how I, many I just wonder. We're saying
0: that it would be wrong not to. Uh, not, not
4: many. To... Yeah, not many. I mean, I've seen a few people, but look, it's like one thing with Twitter is it isn't the real world. I mean, you get these people who say the craziest shit. And I don't think that is representative of what most people think. I don't think the average person would say that that's bigoted or phobic somehow not to want to do that.
0: Who who does Bo sound like? It's driving me insane. He looks like Lin-Manuel Miranda.
4: I wish I knew who that was. Well,
0: now he's the guy that wrote Hamilton. Oh, I mean, but you sound like somebody. I, I was going to say Dr. Phil, but that's not quite right. For <laughs>
3: So yesterday what? yesterday we had an election where um I, t- I think the guy the, the Democrat ended up winning in New
4: Jersey but it was a s- un- unexpected oh, did speaker. Did they call it
1: and- for the New Jersey?
4: Yeah. I oh. think the the Democrat won in New Jersey. Yeah. Oh,
3: okay. And uh, but of course the, the the big story is that uh, the, the Republican uh what's his name Youngkin won in Virginia and I would mm-hmm. guess that exactly what we're talking about specifically when it comes to critical race theory in the schools, whatever it is, but even broader than that, just the general disgust that people have with this very thing that we're talking about of being forced to um, say things that they don't believe and and not being and being afraid to complain about things they want to complain about is responsible for that uh, election um, outcome.
0: I don't know much about that.
4: That wasn't on
3: my list uh,
0: of uh, of talking points.
4: What do you think I, I I hesitate about talking about the causes of vote patterns in specific elections because it is so easy to think, you know what, this thing that I really hate must be that's why this candidate won because he denounced it or whatever. I, I mean, it's just it's so easy to come up with a story. This candidate proves that my ideas are right. And if the Republicans just did this, then they would win every election. Um so I don't know enough about it. I did have, have
0: to... on my li- on a related note my list did list uh the the winner of uh the Boston mayoral race. Uh the first Asian American mayor of Boston. Hey, Michelle Wu. I think it's is mm-hmm. it Wu? Michelle Wu.
1: That's huge for Boston.
0: But so... how when do we stop making everything about the first, you know, when 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 Kamala won it was, it was like the first South Asian <laughs> Can, Female. You know, I, I mean, how far do we want to slice this up? I mean, the first, <laughs> you know, the first Serbo Croatian mayor of Albany.
3: Yeah, hopefully soon it won't be a big deal. Like if someone. Yeah, like, you, I, it, can it I can I just can I just go back to just respond to a boss? And then we'll go back. So I think you're making a very, 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 very smart point there, which um, is lost on most people. And, and that is to to be very humble about attributing causation to, to two things that happen at the same time or something that you believe turns out to be represented. And, you know, one example I, I thought about of this was the fact that this, this whole anti-vax thing, um, of all the things Trump was, he wasn't anti-vax. As a matter of fact, he was, you know, he, 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 this was his claim to Mount Rushmore was Operation Warp Speed, right? He loved right. the vaccine. And if, if Trump had been anti-vax, and then I tried to tell you, yeah, I see that his followers are anti-vax, but I don't really think it's because he's anti-vax. I think they would have been anti-vax anyway. You look at mm-hmm. me like I was a fucking crazy person. Like, what are you talking right. about? Like, how? Of course it's Trump's fault they're anti-vax, you know? <laughs> so you, you really yeah. never know what caused I,
4: I do think on that Trump thing, I mean, I do agree with you. Actually, I've had conversations about that. I do think it's fair to say that Trump wavered between taking covid seriously and dismissing it and saying it's just like the flu and kind of minimizing it. So that potentially played some role. I don't know. But I do. I I agree with you. I I think we should.
0: I'd like to say I wish we had the Shazam worked for who people talk like because. (laughs)
3: Well, <laughs> I, I would i oh i would say this on the trump thing and then i'll let i'll
4: let dan sit. Exactly. Marcus, had, Marcus, you have to go I, if
3: i if no, no, i had no, to
1: no, i thought maybe stephen king I my know. students king always
4: t- no my students always said i sounded like a uh like a stone like a stoner like a surfer stoner yeah,
0: I get that. Uh, kind of well you certainly like, do but 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 there's somebody specifically
3: like a
4: particular know. individual. Yeah, and
3: I just can't. It's not coming to mind. Right. So, so if I had if I had to construct a rationale as to why Trump is responsible for the anti-vax, I would say that when he was tweeting things like Free Michigan and mm-hmm. sowing the seeds of an anti-establishment mentality about the vaccine, Mm -hmm. That this just created a momentum, which just naturally kind of extended to, I'm not taking your fucking vaccine either. I'm not wearing your masks and I'm not doing anything you tell me to do. Right. Maybe. I I think
4: something that people have pointed out, which seems true to me, um, is that Trump isn't really much of a leader. He's kind of a follower. He, He tells his base what they want to hear. He's not the kind of person who would come out and say, you guys all think this, but we need to do this instead. And I'm going to be a leader and I'm going to tell you the painful truth. So I think the fact is there was kind of already that sentiment that he was playing into. Like he realized that, uh, at least a zealous part of his base was kind of, I, I don't know what you would call that sort of like anti-lockdown anti-COVID is serious or something. Yeah.
3: Well, and you, and you can, you can almost sympathize with, listen, I'm, I'm extremely pro-vax with this whole show. We were very early, we we're pro-mask, we're pro, we're, we're, we couldn't be more um, mm-hmm. predictable left-wing about everything COVID. But it was true that people in certain states were having wildly different day-to-day experiences with COVID mm-hmm. than people in New York. And they were naturally feeling like, why are you forcing this on us here? We have almost yeah. no COVID because Cuomo, you know, blah, blah, blah. So- and and um, so I could see how it sprung up. It's just it. Having said that, it's so weird that it became like everything has to be political, right? That's yeah. just it. Mm-hmm. It, it.
4: Well, that's what disgusts me about it, and it's sort of why I, I want to pay less attention to politics and more attention to science and philosophy. Because it's just like watching this sort of nightmare unfold, in which you're you know you're politicizing masks and vaccines and tribal warfare and people are proud of getting no vaccine and people are proud of wearing a mask when they're in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere and taking a (laughs) selfie you know it's just it's really irritating right it's like let's talk about the evidence let's try to be careful about this I understand like I do think this I I'm vaxxed three times right I I, I'm like a, a health neurotic I'm all about vaccines but I do think people should try to understand that people are, humans are really sensitive about what we put into our body, right? That does feel like this, this like sort of like level of autonomy that's important. Like, hey, I get to pick what goes into my body. Well, that's can understand.
3: back to Marcus Monroe. <laughs> well, Periel is Periel pretty easy going about that too, but go ahead, Bo, go ahead.
4: <laughs> well, so just like I can understand why people would be alarmed by the idea of having to take a vaccine. I, I mean, I think we can debate whether you should have mandi- mandates. I think people over 25 should get vaccinated, but I do understand that kind of resistance and the concern about it. And I think it would be a lot wiser to attempt to persuade people than to call them idiots or like look at these MAGA suicide call etc. I I just don't like that way of attempting to deal with these issues.
3: I, also, I, there's there's something there's something disingenuous about the anti-vax movement, which is that they kind of looked into the fact that the the Delta variant was having so many breakthrough infections, and then they and they wrapped themselves around what is a, it was a legit argument like well the vaccine is, doesn't really prevent infection that much anyway so but the fact is that at the time we thought that the vaccine shut down infections virtually 100 they were still anti-vax yeah right like they they yeah. they it's they're not it, that's the reason they say that they're anti-vax or the, the reason they say that they should not take the vaccine is not the real reason nevertheless they do have kind of a point about in in certain contexts especially Vis-a-vis children though although i'm going to get my yeah, kids i think that's i'm going to get my kids vaccinated but i i get it i get but it
2: but also isn't it like a little bit not true because first of all they get a whole bunch of other vaccines right like yeah yeah a, they do you know, there's a small group of people that are like completely anti vaccine whatever fine but that mm-hmm. and so they they get all these other vaccines without even questioning it
3: no, Periel, but for two things. I mean, two obvious things come to mind. One is that we don't have years of experience with this right, vaccine. Right, 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 but
2: that was my next point, is that so mm-hmm. then they say, oh, but it hasn't been approved yet, and then it gets approved, and they're like, oh, well, you know, they're corrupt anyway. No, so but even
3: like- though it's approved, mm-hmm. it, we still don't have, your, this, there are things which have been approved, which years later turned out to be quite dangerous. It, it, it's approved, but nevertheless, we don't have any longitudinal studies. But uh, A, and B, the risks apparently ostensibly, although I'm, you know, I, I would, I think there's another side to that too, but the risks of young kids getting COVID is minuscule. And if the risks of the, if the risk against measles was minuscule, people might not want to give their kids the measles vaccine either. Part of that, you can't separate the, the I mean, yes, we give vaccines, like we give our kids vaccines for smallpox or whatever it is, cause we don't, or polio because God forbid our kids get these diseases. But the truth is, the God's honest truth is that there are stats that show that COVID is less risky to children than the flu. And we do not make every kid get a flu shot.
2: But don't so there, there are that your risk is still 10 times less of winding up in the hospital for children if they and adults if they're vaccinated? Isn't that I-
3: no, I don't, think, I don't think that's the case with kids. But whatever, the point is that-
2: I mean, I just read that this, today. This,
3: this, this, as you move down the age, I've, I've made this argument before that if the, if the actual effect of COVID when it first hit the population
0: mm-hmm.
3: was not skewed by age, but was simply across the board, the risk that it is to somebody 25, we would have done exactly nothing as a society to react to it. We would not have locked down. We would not have been having Operation Warp Speed. It would have been a disease like like the Hong Kong flu when I was a kid, which people were on the lookout for. And we would have gone Mm -hmm. on with our lives. Everything about what we're doing on the low end of the age scale is, -hmm. in a sense, affected by the stress and the PTSD of what it did to people 55, 60 and over and people with with, um, conditions. So it's complicated. But I'm getting my kids vaccinated.
4: Conversely, if the uh, if the IFR of twenty year olds was what it was for eighty year olds, we would have <laughs> went way farther the other way. Yeah, I
3: if this, if, this vaccine, if this virus had killed children, on a, in a, in a, maybe there would be no debates here about anything.
4: Right, right. And as, I, I agree, it's complicated. I don't have like strong views on some of these issues. I, I think one argument in favor of vaccinating younger people is that they can still operate as a vector, right? So that, that they might get it, it might not cause any harm to them, but they might pass it on. So there's but always that on. debate,
3: but the, the other side would say, "We well, are yeah, they're passing on to people who are vaccinated." So that's you know, <laughs>
4: let those right? Be- but there's a network effect, right? That's uh, they always I, I get in these debates, and people say, "Well, if you're vaxxed, why do you care?" And it's like because the more people who are vaxxed, you get closer to a kind of you know herd immunity. But it's a complicated issue. So, so I just let, hate that people politicized it so much. And let that, me give yeah. you
3: the argument. Let me give you the argument, which is which which uh, informs my decision making here. I've said, this, I've said this. I said this. I think on one of the shows. So, for instance, Periel had uh, COVID and she lost her sense of smell and taste. Mm-hmm. I know other people. I think she got it back, but I know other people who've had COVID a year ago still don't have their sense. And to me, that indicates that this is a neurological effect here, and it's, it's a neurological effect which is quite obvious if you lose your sense of taste. But it might not that might not be that obvious if it if it hits part of your brain which is not obvious, like IQ points or coordinate. Who knows what could ha- go wrong in your brain that you would never even really know that you were affected. But well, Marcus Monroe <laughs> had COVID. Wait, wait. wait <laughs> let me finish my. Let me finish my point. I don't know that we really understand the disease in. entirely, <laughs> and the idea that my kids would get a disease which has a neurological effect that perhaps I wouldn't know about, and maybe with. I don't want to take that risk. That's really the main thing, because other than that, if, if you could tell me for certainty that no, there's no other consequences to this disease, except w- once they once they test um, negative, it's done like like every other disease we've ever dealt with. I'd be like, yeah, I guess I don't really need the vaccine because there's a lot of diseases like that. I don't that I don't test. With. So what do you want to say, Dan? Go ahead.
0: I was going to say that our, our, our dear friend Marcus Monroe had a breakthrough case of COVID. despite being vaccinated, not once, but twice with the which
3: vaccine. Did you get Marcus?
1: I had Pfizer. And I'm so happy I was vaccinated because if I was not, I had a a breakthrough case that was so bad that if I wasn't vaccinated, I'm assuming I would have to have been in the hospital because I was I was out for two weeks. I didn't leave my bed. It's awful.
4: Really? Oh, it's terrible.
0: And do you other than your fetish for trans women? Is there any effects? (laughs) That you have had from the long-term effects.
1: I had, I well, taste and smell. Long-term was just respiratory issues. Like I, I, I would lose my breath. I, I, I had to
0: admit, I've been, I've been, I've been, you know, unfair to Marcus. I, I like Bailey J. Oh, there I said it. Okay.
1: <laughs>
3: well, no. Okay.
1: The question posed to me was if I was attracted to a woman, found out she had. No, you, uh, Dan, a penis. would you stop?
3: Why do you do this? He's about to tell us about the breakthrough infection. Can we stick to one thing? Go All ahead. Right, yes.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, respiratory issues was the only thing that lasted uh, up. I recently got my, got it back. Like I was able to go on runs again, um, maybe uh, like three to four weeks ago.
3: And maybe um, it's good that you have an older, wa- older wife.
1: There you go. Another, yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a, she was a great nurse to me when I was uh, down and out.
0: Um, and- so you're for, how, for how long were you unable to satisfy your wife?
1: Well, (laughs) no, she's very satisfied because we, you know, yeah, I have like a long pulley thing I can use and I just like touch her with six feet. Keep.
3: So, uh, by the way, you know, now they finally approved that you can get uh, you can mix vaccines. And I would advise, although don't sue me, but I think everybody should get Moderna. I think it's been obvious for a long time that Moderna.
1: Well, I would agree. At first, I thought Pfizer was king. I thought Pfizer was mm-hmm. the one you wanted to get. But my I had got COVID. My well, wife didn't. She had Moderna. Well, king, Pfizer sounds like a king. King Pfizer. It almost sounds biblical.
4: It does. It sounds better. But I got Pfizer. Moderna and then got Dude, the Pfizer for my Cyrus. booster.
3: You got Pfizer for your booster. Now, that's yeah. Why I why mix
4: and that? matched
3: <laughs> Because the, 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 the data seems to show that Moderna is the best at preventing uh, breakthrough infections.
4: It I, seems I have, to. There might be a slight advantage to miss and mix and matching, from what I've read. And then, to tell you the truth, it was just the the Walgreens here only had Pfizer. Are
3: we, Do you have do any young kids? Shoes, which we
1: want.
4: No, to get? I'm yeah.
3: childless. When you have when you have young kids, it becomes because I like I don't I really don't want to get a breakthrough infection, even if it's harmless. Right. I really don't want my kids.
4: To I, get it. I I I wouldn't want it. Yeah. I no, I, I scheduled
3: I totally a
0: uh, a booster the. The closest date they could give me was November 13th. But I think I'm getting the J&J boot. like they didn't give me the option of picking it. And it said j and J. I I said I had the J&J originally. They said, OK, you're scheduled for a and j booster. They did not give me on the drop down menu or anything. There's no option to pick another. Booster. I
4: think you want a non-J&J booster. No, you don't want that. I think I think that's what the evidence suggests.
3: J J so is like up. a placebo for Christ's sake. Why would you take? <laughs> <laughs> look, a placebo,
0: a placebo doesn't give you a hundred and two fever. Or you got a hundred and two fever. fever afterwards. Well, hundred and one fever, and yeah. you know, for a week after getting the shot. I couldn't go to the gym. Finally, I was able to get back really? to not going to the gym by choice. Wow. <laughs> but all that, all that's a
3: joke <laughs> uh, placebos, I just put a stick of my act in there. <laughs> placebos do give a certain number of people 102 fever. That's the whole point of placebos.
4: <laughs> yeah, they, they do some weird shit. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't think a placebo can give you a real fever. No, well, they can. Go- they can do really weird stuff. I, I guess, I mean, I'm not an expert on placebos, but from what I've read, yeah.
2: Can we talk about Bailey J?
3: I mean, how did you guys just gloss? I've mentioned it, it. before. Yeah, I've mentioned true. it before. So we, we, we got to wrap up. So, so, Bo, first of all, you don't live in New York. Well, where do you live? No, I am
4: in uh, Lewis, Delaware. Are you are you friendly with Coleman Hughes? I, I mean, I'm I know of him and I, I've read some of his stuff and, and cordial in that sense. But I don't I'm not like friends with him or oh, anything I thought
3: he, he's a friend of this show he plays in our band we have a band that plays in the olive tree above the comedy cellar on monday he plays what? trombone as well and he plays really yeah
4: what instrument does he play
3: he plays trombone he went to juilliard trombone. before he became a national intellectual what
4: yeah. really yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very fascinating. I, where'd
3: you grow up bow
4: i oh a, a podunk town in michigan called greenville
0: that probably Just, explains at least in part the way you speak
4: Yeah, probably Uh, is something of an accent and then just a weird voice, I guess.
0: Also, you do smoke pot or you don't?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, not very much. And I I don't think I have for multiple years. Never really cooperated with me. too. I'm already way too paranoid.
1: Well, are you still canceled when it comes to being a professor?
4: Yes. Is that on the
1: books anymore, you don't think?
4: I don't think I could get hired. I there's this particular there are a couple like uh, websites dedicated to hating me, etc. And they're out there. So like, if you search me, you will find, you you know, go to these websites and, you know, 50% of it is BS. And then all the other 50% is accurate, but kind of out of context. And it makes me look really bad. Mm -hmm. And academia is just really bad. It's I, I mean, I love professors and I love learning and teaching, but I don't like what's happened inside academia. And and I'm saying this as I'm not like some, you know, populist conservative. I'm basically a moderate conservative slash classical liberal type guy. All of my friends are on the left, almost all of them, at least, um, you know, from anywhere from sort of like middle left, traditional Democrat, all the way to progressive. I I have no problem with that. I like to debate people. It's just some of the topics that I chose to write about and talk about, they're inflammatory and got me in trouble. And there are some people who really hate me and sent emails to my bosses, et cetera. And probably I'm just not going to get a job again. in academia, that is. Well, what are you going to do? Um. I write and I do some editing work, and then I'm actually working on a book, so I'm just doing research, reading, um, stuff like that, try to I make money. I think you have a
0: big uh, potential future in the pot. You know, your voice is so in The pot smoking? Think, well, no, I think, well, you. I don't know if that pays, but you could <laughs> – I think if you were a podcaster, you, your voice, I think the kids would – I don't know. I think you, you know what's
4: really- odd. You say that, but I would always get complaints when I did podcast interviews because they didn't like my vocal fry, is what they called it. I, I didn't even know actually what vocal fry was until so many people criticized me for it.
1: How, how old are you?
4: <laughs> Too old? All right. All right. Well, Middle I know aged. I- Why?
1: I'm just curious. You have like a young, a younger vibe to you. So I was just wondering.
4: Okay. I, I I'll take that as a compliment. I'm sure. 41.
3: Okay. It would be a compliment, but not coming from Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I've, well, I Marcus is not much younger Mar- than you are. You? <laughs> I
4: found Marcus incredibly cordial.
3: <laughs> no, but you know, he likes older. Anyway. Yeah.
4: I, you know, I usually have no tolerance. For,
3: I, I didn't even notice your vocal fry. I usually hate vocal fry. Ezra Klein has a horrible vocal fry. Really? And I, can't even, I can't even listen to him, but I, I don't find your vocal fry an affectation. Uh, but uh, usually I
4: do find it to be affected. I don't. I can't. Oh, I, and, I, it, like it's kind of like a put on, like I'm going to sound a certain way. Yeah. Like I feel like if you went back in time with these people,
3: there was a time when they had no vocal fry, then they fell mm-hmm. into a different group of friends and they and came out with it. Fry, yeah. You know, as opposed to something that just happened organically. Anyway, so um, anyway, we, we have to go, Bo, it was a pleasure to meet you. i uh, like yeah, I said, yeah, thank I, you.
4: I'm, I appreciate you got, it.
3: I found your your Twitter really sustained me um, through a, a year of COVID, and uh, I appreciate it. And uh, um, if you ever do get to New York, you're one of the people I would love love to meet. Uh, you know, so we could speak frankly. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
4: absolutely, great. Did you and ever? Was... Uh, did
0: you did, did, did What's his name? Did um, what's his name? That guy from uh, Yes, he was in town at City Winery. No, he didn't come. Rick Wakeman. Rick Wakeman. Yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, I appreciate talking and meeting. What was what, What's everybody's name, Marcus just so Monroe. I can get it before I go? Okay. Hi. Hello. Dan
0: Natterman here in the middle. All right. A, Periel. Uh, Periel Ashen Brand. Periel. Periel, Do you're I the write? one who sent
4: me the emails. Periel, right? Okay. Yeah. I and have Noam Periel. Dorman. Via, Let uh, me say, Periel, that I know you disagreed with my views, but I appreciate the back and forth. And that's all that we can do is try to have a debate. And I don't care if it's vehement or not. It's that's what we should do.
2: Absolutely.
3: Yeah,
4: per- Periel is a rare breed of woke person because she actually
3: doesn't mind um, the people she, who say, say the things that she, that she hates.
4: She's a woke d- person who believes in debate. Yes,
3: she's an Great. odd, she's an odd duck, and that's partly because her husband is a is a pretty right wing guy, and but I think she's so has-
2: ridiculous. He is not a pretty right wing <laughs> guy. You love to say that because you know it fucking enrages me.
3: But it's but it couldn't he's be more. He's more conservative
2: true. on like certain political issues, I would say, namely the Middle East, than I am. But he's wildly liberal for everything social. No. Anyway, <laughs> not so much. I mean, I don't know if he would suck a girl's dick, but shy of that, I'd say. Well, he's that's not. Liberal. That's
0: not. That's not a political position.
4: Honestly, can say I didn't think that was a topic that was going to come up.
2: Well, that's the joy of the show. It, it's really <laughs> my by fault, that fault. statement.
1: By the way, I don't think it was wrong. I'm I think if you. you're attracted to somebody, who it's, cares it's neither right have.
2: nor
0: wrong. It's 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 you're not alone. Um. And it's it's neither uh, right nor wrong. It's just your uh, proclivity, and who knows if Bailey J
3: and I <laughs> ever got together, what would happen? But
2: maybe. Uh, well, Dan, just just on the,
3: huh? on the Bailey J thing. What, who what who is
4: do? Bailey J? Bailey J is a
3: really she, hot trans woman. Okay. Super hot. Okay. And, and and also has an attractive personality. So Dan, what well, I don't know if she has a, a penis or not, but well, she certainly so, does.
4: Oh, all right so I then does.
3: <laughs> i mean if um, she
0: didn't she wouldn't be famous because that's
4: what sets her apart in the porno world i see okay I, she's I a porn actress a penis
3: ah. wouldn't
1: be my first choice of what would be under there <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm not hoping for that marcus
3: don't walk it back marcus no no, me. no i'm not walking I'm... sounds like a walk back to no me. no no, oh. no that's <laughs> definitely not a
1: walk back <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not a walk back i'm not a walk back type of guy
3: anyway could, be just, just be happy listen there was a short, there was a short time ago when the person on the podcast who admitted that they would suck a woman's dick is the one who would have been committing career suicide. And the person who was saying that, 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 is that true. Tri- <laughs> so, so, and, and as much yes. as I might disagree with certain things, that is, I think a good, a good I, direction for, for society. To, yeah. I mean, it, totally it is totally agree. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. It's, it's also a good portion of Jim Norton's act.
3: <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> yes, You're know. right. All all right, so I have I have to go Bo' a pleasure to meet you I have a good time in Las it. Vegas know him
0: I'll be there in a couple of weeks all right podcast comedyseller.com for comments suggestions if you know who Bo Weingart sounds like please let us know because it's been it's been kind of driving me crazy the whole episode thank you again thank you Marcus hey, Monroe. My pleasure to be
1: here thank you Dan
2: where can we find you Marcus
1: Instagram at Marcus J Monroe or just search Marcus Monroe it should come up
0: Thank you so much, Perio. Oh, thank you. Dan Natterman, uh, at Dan Natterman on Instagram and Twitter and everything. Okay, bye bye.